0: Welcome to San Diego Pride's first attempt at going live with our new streaming technology. Um, we're about to have our LGBTQ uh, Q&A with council member Christopher Ward, who is our council member right here in the heart of San Diego, in the heart of Hillcrest, uh, San Diego District 3. So please welcome San Diego council member Christopher Ward.
1: Well, thanks, Vern, and um, hi, everybody. Happy Monday afternoon to you, and I want to... Thank Pride for hosting this. It's really wonderful to be here, albeit it's virtual. Really looking forward to this conversation. Um, I really wanna thank uh, Foremost, we had a big week last week and I wanna thank the uh, Pride board staff and the leadership under Fernando Lopez for the difficult decision to cancel in-person events during July. Um, It's regrettable, it is uh, devastating, but we are um, resilient, we are San Diego Pride and we are certainly gonna look forward to ways to be able to keep the spirit alive and get back together Again, in person at a time which is appropriate to do so. Um, so again, I, I'm looking forward to today's questions. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of opportunity to engage with District Three uh, organizations and and community groups and individuals, and 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 uh, that is going to continue. So uh, really appreciate the opportunity to be here with San Diego Pride.
0: Thank you, Chris. It's uh, I have to say it's so great to see you, even though it's virtually. It just warms my heart to be able to. Um, have a face-to-f- face-to-face to face conversation with you today. And thank you for giving us your generous uh, and precious time as we go through all of this. So um, thank you to folks who submitted questions uh, in the Facebook event ahead of time. We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go through some of those questions right now with Chris. Um, and then as we have time, uh, we might be able to take some other live questions. So thank you again so much uh, for everyone who submitted. And we're gonna go ahead and get started. and. So first off, Chris, how are you? How's Tom? How's the family? Um, how are you all faring through all of this?
1: Uh, thank you. Um, you know, we are doing well, all things considered. Like a lot of families across District 3, we have adapted to how we can kind of manage both um, family-related obligations with the kids now permanently home, out of school, out of daycare, um, and then at the same time, trying to manage both of our job Demands and and requirements, and that's a juggling act. It's a scheduling act, and so we've uh, been able to modify pretty well. I think uh, maybe you can see behind me. I'm in uh, my son's nursery, which also doubles as my home office now. And you just have to do what you have to do right now to be able to keep, um, you know, meeting your objectives. And and certainly for mine, that's uh, continuing to stay engaged with community organizations and individuals, and and making sure we're using. um, I'm being informed. uh, for the decisions um, that I'm responsible for down down at City Hall. So we're doing well. Um, like I think a lot of our neighbors, we trying to take those mental health breaks and, you know, put on a mask and uh, do a little bicycle ride around the block or something. Um, so we're just trying to keep positive and, uh, you know, do our part to be able to keep the curve flat.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. and My love to Tom and the kids. Thank you. Uh, and so what um, our next question was, what's the most inspirational thing or things that you have seen come out of the LGBT community during this crisis? I think you 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 hit the nail on the head. We're creative, we're an innovative, we're a strong, resilient community. Uh, so what's been inspiring you that's been coming out of our community during all this?
1: I think, I mean, across all of council district three, we've seen a lot of people step up, um, neighbors helping each other out with groceries, uh, reaching out to seniors that, you know, might uh, have a little bit more of a trouble being out, being in public, figuring out what some of their needs are wanting to volunteer, wanting to figure out how they can plug into Mama's Kitchen or Meals on Wheels or some of the other organizations that so many in our community depend on for many of those critical and essential services. Um, so we're really, I think, taking that, uh, that our community has taken this challenge challenge head-on, and that's really inspiring. Um, I had the chance with Equality California last week to listen in with some of our federal representatives, and it was definitely, it was an LGBTQ-focused conversation with uh, Representative Mark DeCano, and I think it's important as we think about what this means and what the challenges for us as an LGBT community mean is to understand why we are sometimes, uh, as as a community, a little bit more at risk or a little bit more impacted by some of the circumstances. Um, For healthcare, which is, of course, in a public health issue one of the biggest things that we need to keep strong on our uninsured rate for LGBT community members is higher than the general population mm-hmm. and access to health care issues and uh, particularly those with underlying health conditions um, or immunocompromised state that is really something that you know is disproportionately impacting our community all the more reason why we need to be vigilant as a community. We need to be able to support healthcare systems and our own LGBT-serving healthcare um, access points. Um, we do have a higher uh, than average poverty rate, and especially mm. with persons of color, uh, those that have been dependent on services uh, and and jobs that are now cut. Um, and so, making sure that we are supporting so many of our own community members that um, have been suffering on the front lines of this crisis is important. We uh, learned that um, because, particularly, it was a Senate or to uh uh Uh, um, federal relief package, the CARES-1 bill was uh, not as strong as we would like to see for Mm -hmm. uh, protecting against LGBT uh, discrimination, making sure that the dollars reach the organizations and reach the individuals and reach the households. We need to make sure that uh, gender identity and sex orientation are expressly a part of the next relief package. And so because that is a House-oriented bill under Speaker Pelosi's uh, um, uh, radar, um, I think we can feel a little bit more rest assured that we're going to be able to have those kinds of provisions uh, i want to highlight you know some of the organizations that have really continued to do work of course starting with san diego pride um, for continuing your programs and working working virtually with health experts and for keeping our community informed and engaged. Um, The the heart of our community, the LGBT Center uh, has maintained a lot of their vital mental health services and HIV testing and working Mm -hmm. uh, to house and shelter more people through some of their housing programs. Uh, The Imperial Court to San Diego I know has been providing groceries and gift certificates to other families in need. Um, So the list goes on and on. It's our individuals, it's our community based organizations that are doing the frontline work in response.
0: Thanks. Wow, that was that was a lot of really great information, and I think that's so real, right? We know how much we as a community are impacted or marginalized or disconnected from traditional systems of service and care, um, and so that these resources still exist, in particular through things like Mama's Kitchen and the LGBT Community Center, that they are all still there. Serving our community is so important and so vital, and uh, my, my hats off to all of the volunteers who are really diving in during this time. Uh, we've seen some incredible volunteer leadership uh, with San Diego Pride and all these different organizations. So that's great. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. The, the next question that we have is, uh, what are the mo- uh sorry, can you give us a brief overview of what the city of San Diego has done to respond to the COVID-19 crisis?
1: Sure, so about five weeks ago, um- We established a state of emergency that allowed us to begin to start to do things uh, with uh, quicker intention and to really pass ordinance and law that's going to be able to help more San Diegans. You saw on the front end of that the need to be able to establish really quickly an evictions moratorium for both residential and commercial property owners, Uh, we were slightly ahead of the state in the ability to do that. And it is absolutely important because as more and more people were losing their income due to covid related uh, job loss, we want to make sure that they were not going to be falling straight onto the streets and falling right into homelessness or just be have another burden and another challenge uh, placed on them. That doesn't actually you know, get us out of the woods. We want to make sure that we are figuring out between federal and finance and other resources the ability to make this whole so we don't have uh, a lot of our community members facing a balloon payment when the um, state of emergency is lifted. Uh, but at the same time, we want to make sure that landlords have their uh, their, their 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 revenues and their ability to pay the mortgage also mm-hmm. made a whole So this is going to take a part of everybody, and I know that this is definitely on the radar of our congressional representatives to help us fix. The city is also engaged in small business relief. We basically had uh, several pots of money that already had been established for ongoing economic development purposes. We pooled all those together and made sure whatever cash we had on hand that we could put out in that bucket, that we were really establishing it, and that, that amassed to about a $6 million dollar local relief fund um that those applications came in fast and fierce and so we definitely have been trying to turn those over and fund many of our small businesses with small um uh grants and, and forgivable loans that they mm-hmm. can actually do to hopefully keep the, uh, um, the lights on <clears throat> and uh we've had ongoing dialogue with a lot of our county officials um it's important that we act as one region on a lot of these responses um and that we don't have some kind of a um a, uh, a, a dis a, 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 an effort across the county with eighteen different strategies and eighteen different cities uh, mm-hmm. that we all make sure that we're abiding by the same facts and the same kinds of responses.
0: Exactly, and I think the the city, the county, and the state of California. I mean, we are so fortunate to live in San Diego, to live in the city and county of San Diego, to live in the state of California. Um, I mean, we're. The, the leadership that has been exuded on the city, county, and state level has been exceptional. That communication has been wonderful. Uh, I can't thank you all again enough for that. So um, it's really great to see how everyone's really leaning in to unify that clarity, or lack of clarity in some other instances, and the patchwork quilt of response that we've seen around the country. Um, it's, it's an honor to, or it's privilege to be able to live where we do. Um, So the next question that we have, and this one's uh, pretty personal to me, as you know, Chris, and and many of our folks might know, personally, um, 40% of our homeless youth population are LGBT identified, and uh, that was me. I moved here 21 years ago as a homeless youth and in, endured uh, homelessness for many years. And I would not be here if it was not for the support of individuals and agencies who helped to guide me along the way. So our next question is, what's specifically being done to assist people who are experiencing homelessness at this time?
1: Uh, yes, and, and thank you for both uh, recanting both of your, your personal um, stories and history with that, and then also, you know, the the reminder that we have as a community to be able to support homeless youth um, who are probably shuttered uh, from some of their family support networks. Um, We should turn this crisis into an opportunity. You know, we've been working so hard as a region to date to try to make sure that coordinated response that is in line with best practices are able to do more for stretch the dollars even further for homeless San Diegans. And last year, um, I think some of you know, in addition to being your council member, I'm the chair of our regional task force on the homeless. And in collaboration with other service providers, we applied for a a federal national pot of money for youth homelessness and actually scored the highest of all communities across the country. And I think that's a testament to organizations like San Diego Youth Services and the LGBT Community Center and Mm -hmm. others that really understand how to best help individuals that we have the infrastructure in place. So now let's fund it and let's be able to do more to actually address the immediate needs and find permanent housing solutions. And then when the coronavirus hit, of course, many of our programs and many of our places that are um, serving homeless individuals are not socially compliant. And uh, at the same Mm -hmm. time, many of the personnel and the service uh, people that are uh, doing all those immediate services are faced with their own individual health challenges or family-related challenges. And so how do you do more to help, you know, an even more challenged population under the circumstances with as many or potentially fewer individuals? Well, you know, we looked at the convention center and as an opportunity site because Mm -hmm. uh hotel and convention related businesses have just crashed they were basically everything has been canceled and you have a large floor plate there to be able to make sure that you are meeting the social distancing requirements but also uh possibly be able to add even more capacity for roughly the same uh level of of resources that are available and so that's what we We did. So we moved a lot of our existing uh, shelters for the general population there, uh, have dispersed individuals, so there's a little more breathing room in between individuals. And then, you know, we're not letting up on many of our exit and housing-oriented strategies. We are doing a lot more to be able to, um, you know, really double-time our street outreach and let people know of the services that are available, the intake, the health screening, the case management the housing navigation. And so all that's happening for the general population. Meanwhile, some of the infrastructure that we have for the youth population, we are certainly trying to be able to support that as well. Um, State and federal, one good thing out of, I think the first tranche of uh, state and federal um, attention has been the ability for us to be able to help the homeless population. We are deploying those resources as a region um, as fast as possible uh, to be able to expand many of these programs and to be able to help save lives.
0: Thank you. Thank you. so vital and so important. And, and thank you for um, not forgetting about our community's most vulnerable people during this time. And you know, it's interesting. I, I'm so glad to see the partnership with the convention center. You know, San Diego Pride is actually the folks who've been doing the LGBT cultural competency with the staff and leadership of the convention center as well. Um, That's fantastic.
1: So, If I I get one quick add on, Fern, yeah, because I just want to like really underscore for those listening that, you know, it's not lost on some of us that uh, this uh, is necessarily going to be the the, the end of a response. We are already Mm -hmm. trying to plan and think ahead of when we come out of this crisis, because we are going to need that convention center space back. Uh, We are accepting more people into that place. So we really want to think about strategies um, that uh, can actually get more and more people placed into housing because we do not want to be able to turn people back onto the streets um, when all said and done. So there's action, there's planning, there's monitoring, and it's all really happening at the same time. We hope to come out of uh, this crisis with the opportunity to be able to have housed more people.
0: Well, thank you for your leadership on that. And, you know, as always, let us know how we can support those efforts. The the next question that we have is, um, what is the hardest part that you found about doing your job uh, in the last few weeks. I think all of us are, many of us are having to relearn what working looks like in this sense. So what's been the most challenging thing as a leader, as a city council member, as you're doing this work with your team? Really, I mean, not
1: able to be physically out in the community as much as I've always enjoyed. Um, Our district is so active and engaged and I really enjoy Personally, being able to attend so many of our community meetings and events and interacting with constituents, um, we have modified that, of course, to be able to do more of that virtually. And that is uh, the best that we can do under the circumstances. But, you know, these jobs to be able to represent uh, 190,000 constituents uh, by their very nature, these are social jobs. And so you want to be out and engaged. And um, that is definitely been a hard thing to not enjoy, um, you know, uh, deeply and personally just watching so many of our small businesses and the main streets and the activity um, just challenged, if not outright shuttered, is just uh, heart-wrenching. Um, I uh, There's only so much that you can do as a local official, um, but it's really doubled my resolve and really, you know, caused me to dig in our heels to partner better with state and federal officials and really try to search for those connections and then let community members and let businesses know about about those connections. Um, this is a time in crisis when uh, our community is hurting, and the hurt came on fast. Um, and having the uh, ability to um, connect resources and, and make a difference is just means that much more to, to what I'm trying to do every day.
0: Well, thank you. And. You know, one of the things that I really appreciate about you and your team is how deeply involved you all are in the day-to-day of what happens to our community. I mean, your folks, your team's incredible. They're everywhere. Um, they're at every community event, at every community meeting, um, really listening to the constituents. And um, I know having that one-on-one and personal connection uh, or lack thereof um, at the, this moment is a real challenge. And I have to say the communication from your team um, and you yourself personally, to the organization it has been incredible. And I'm, I couldn't be more grateful for all of that communication and support.
1: Thank you very much. No, it's a it's a a wonderful um, group of people that love serving District three. And uh, I know they as well miss uh, just the ability to be out and about physically. Um, And, uh, you know, we try to get we do get together virtually at least twice a week um, to compare notes to kind of see if there's any hot button issues or uh, areas to really connect our support as if we would, uh, you know, Physically being in City Hall, so um, everyone has stepped up to the moment, and uh, you know it's it's really uh, 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 just the best team on on the City Council floor.
0: Yes, there they are. <laughs> Thanks. So the next question is, uh, what can we expect from the upcoming city budget? I know it's budget time.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I'll be I'll be frank. It's it's um, awful. Um, before we even get to next year's budget, which normally begins July first the immediate impacts from the the cash that we normally get from hotel tax and some sales tax revenues, um, those are our our third and our second biggest resource respectively for city general fund operations. And the immediate impact just to get us through June 30th is already a $100 million hit. And so we've got to solve that at the same time that we are dealing with a projection of another $150 million deficit because of the same economic hit and uh, the, the lack of, of, of resources coming into the city, that's a $250 million problem that you know we didn't even deal with something of that magnitude. It's bigger than the Great Recession in 2008, and that, that is if all of the economic conditions hold. If they, uh, if they, if it continues to be something that is going to stretch well into calendar year 2021, um, which it very well may, then then we're going to have to think about even deeper hard hardships. So the priorities are, of course, making sure that public safety uh, services are. Um, uh whole and able to be able to respond to to those needs that we are making sure that there are minimal or negligible impact to neighborhood services and programs um the mayor has proposed some um, pretty broad based um proposed cuts uh to library hours to park and rec or pool hours uh to our ability to respond to tree trimming or Mm -hmm. um graffiti abatement or so many of the other neighborhood services um, for arts and culture and for, geez, what we do directly with San Diego Pride to be able to support many of our neighborhood nonprofits. You know, he has uh, initially decided to offer a 50% reduction, which is... Devastating. Um, So these are not decisions we take lightly. Um, City Council, now that we've seen the mayor's draft and we're going to get a revise in May uh, on on some updated revenue numbers. um, We have, as the nine of us, a huge effort to be able to make sure that we are minimizing all impacts uh, uh, to um, what constituents see and what their what their priorities are. We have less to work with. Um, but we are going to be thinking very creatively about uh, how to make sure that that does not translate into an impact uh, or, or a experience of um, diminished city services. That's my goal. So we've got, um, you know, uh, our work cut out for us.
0: I bet. I mean, I I think sometimes the city and city employees, city workers, and the whole massive infrastructure of our city are so often the unsung heroes of what makes San Diego great. Uh, I, I know that here at Pride, I mean, Pride itself is the event that happens could not happen without city support. Um, And that takes every department, every agency and employees all throughout the city of San Diego to really make sure that it happens. From water, waste and recycling, safety, parks and rec. I mean, there's so many different departments. Fire, like all of those things are all involved in San Diego Pride, even just that one weekend. And um, I know that we're all up against some really uh, hard challenges that everyday residents are going to feel, and obviously we're all feeling so. I, I don't envy that task. I know I also know how hard it is to have to redo a budget, um, not as big as the one that you're about to look at. But um, speaking of which, the next question that we have is um, how can residents or constituents from District 3 have their voices heard in that budget process?
1: So we will be holding a series of meetings in the coming weeks, and constituents can provide uh, public comment online now, uh, tune into the meetings, and of course they can contact my office. Um, We are expecting that to begin. I think they just released the budget dates on April 29th with an evening meeting, and then we are going to be going through the city's budget department by department. All those will be available on my website. Side, as well as uh, through others in the city um, to be able to understand if you care about parks and recreation or you care about library or police department or whatever or arts and culture like we are going to go through all of those departments line by line um, and make sure that, uh, that that input is received at the appropriate time uh, I also will be having a budget town hall with our independent budget analysts that'll be virtual and online we'll let the community know um, when that is scheduled for so there's a more direct d3 oriented opportunity to understand and provide input put um, into their priorities.
0: That's great. And we'll we'll uh, help to share that out for folks so they can um, help to have their voices heard in that process. What uh, So what's the email address or the website right now that you would prefer folks head to so uh, people who are listening can hear that?
1: So sandiego.gov backslash CD3. Um, and then you can always email me at Christopher Ward altogether uh, at sandiego.gov.
0: Awesome. Thank you. So uh, what resources, our next question is, what resources are around for individuals who are laid off or furloughed because of this uh, crisis?
1: So there's the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program. It's a newly available emergency unemployment assistance under the CARES Act. Um, so for those that are either fully or partially unemployed, uh, who are not eligible for regular unemployment insurance and who are unable to, or unavailable to work due to COVID related circumstances, I think that that is being, um, oriented through the state's department of labor. And so that would be probably at their website, uh, www.labor.ca.gov.
0: Excellent. And, um. Thank you for sharing that and also for folks uh we one of the things that we did <laughs> feels like a million years ago, six weeks ago or so, was uh, the team here at Pride collected a bunch of resources that are LGBT specific. And on that page, uh, we're also sharing out information that's coming from the city and the county and the state of California. So folks can also head to sdpride.org and there'll be links out to a lot of these additional resources. And we're updating that page all the time as information comes available. And so the next question is: What support is out there right now for small businesses and nonprofits who are impacted by COVID nineteen stay at home orders? So I mentioned
1: locally that we've got you know our small business relief loans that are currently under review. A lot of applications, the demand is high. Have already come in online. Um, the San Diego Foundation I know provides a funds for nonprofits, um, and those are nonprofits have uh, in, in particular been challenge. So I think with some of the existing um, eligibility for existing revenue streams, I've communicated that quickly to our federal representatives so that as additional federal assistance comes in, that they somehow aren't exempted because Fern, as you know, nonprofits employ really wonderful people and they do great work in our community. And so those jobs are mission critical as well. So we want to keep promoting that as well. Um, The State of California, I know is a allocated 50 million dollars to the small business finance center uh that's through california's uh, i to mitigate um, barriers to capital for small businesses uh that may not qualify for federal funds so that is separate from uh an additional resource if, if somehow uh, they're meeting a roadblock from federal opportunities the small business association with the federal government is currently unable uh, to accept new applications for the Paycheck Protection Program uh, because the appropriated fundings under CARES-1, I think, has already been consumed. So um, hopefully there's going to be an opportunity to uh, get in line or get ready for the next tranche. Um, We're all, again, waiting to see what Congress does on that front. But I would just say in the meantime, don't forget our community-based banks, um, our uh, credit unions, others that are uh, ready to be able to help people with small Uh, short uh, duration and low interest opportunities to be able to at least pay the bills uh, so that hopefully down the road that assistance will be able to again come come back fill that for individuals as well.
0: Well thank you and I personally I'm hoping that more help is on the way. I know everyone out there needs it and so what every piece of information is helpful and vital. Thank you um so our next question was how can people stay engaged with what's happening right now at the city and specifically district three
1: so um you know i would just say stay current on either my social media platforms or sign up for my newsletter Um, we are been we've been really diligent about trying to be current and thorough on all of the news and all of the resources that are available as we become familiar with them we want to put them right out there to those in the community that.
0: I think I've lost
1: business. There you go. Did I lose you?
0: I lost you for a moment. May have just been.
1: So um, a lot of our, you know, uh, town councils, other neighborhood organizations, business districts, we want to make sure they have uh, the, the right set of information as well to put out on their, their distribution list. Um, and then we are going to be putting a series of forums together for both subject but also neighborhood oriented information. I mentioned a budget town hall, but my team and I are really trying to make sure that we're going to be having several of these uh, maybe every week so that people can tune into the, the topics and the issues that matter most of them. Um, and then, of course, if there's anything very specific or particularly if a city department is not getting back to somebody, um, emailing or calling into my, my, my office, the entire um, staff's roster is available on my website. Um, they're here and ready to help, and so we want to make sure that nothing is falling through the cracks during this time.
0: Yes, they are. they are. You have a very responsive staff, and I'm very appreciative of that, so that's great to you know do. that that's uh, continuing on. Uh, So our next question is, what's the first thing that you want to do personally when all of this is over? What are you looking forward to on the other side of this? Oh, man,
1: I want to take the kids to the park. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I want to walk through Balboa Park. I want to uh, go see some friends and see some community, maybe have a, a real... Happy hour, as opposed to a virtual happy hour. I want to hug somebody. You know, uh, we want we want that that personal contact. So I've got a lot to look forward to, and hopefully we'll get there sooner rather than later.
0: Me too. Everything you said. <laughs> virtual cocktails are great, but I would love to have them in person. Yeah. Um, in, inside Out is calling my name. Is Paris <laughs> over there? So um, obviously, you know, we're all going through it and with in-person gatherings being canceled for the foreseeable future, uh, we've, you know, the the massive loss of what folks were looking forward to with Pride in July uh, simply doesn't seem like it's gonna be a reality at this point in time. And, you know, all of our, I think our community in particular you know, we look for those civic engagement, we look for that way to connect with our found family. And so the loss is hitting us in a different way. Um, So what thoughts do you have for our pride family uh, here and volunteers here and and for the community at large, who is still sort of grieving um, this loss of what we were all looking forward to every year?
1: Yeah, so we, we have been through so much together as a community, and it's deep, deeply rooted in our history, um, which is really underscored. I think some of the resilience that the LGBT persons in our community has as a part of, as a part of us. And I know because of that, we're going to get through this together. Um, we're all impacted in different ways, and some of us, some of us are feeling a very deep impact, and some will feel it later. Um, we've got fears, we've got stress, and we've got uncertainty, and all these are rational and totally legitimate feelings and we need to process that together as individuals as neighbors and as as one big community um, and it's unprecedented and none of us have all of the answers or can foresee the future as to as, as far as what the next steps are um, so Ways to be able to process and cope what's going on, focusing on your health, checking in on your neighbors, making sure that your mental health and your friendships uh, are supported. I think all of those are vital um, things to be able to, to be conscious of uh, more so now than 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 ever. Um, I think that figuring out ways to be innovative and creative, just like we're doing today, to reach out virtually and stay connected, um, you see both businesses, but hopefully other um, neighborhood organizations have been uh, trying to be able to keep the connections strong um, in any way or capacity that we're able to do that. Um, one of the things that I am going to be, have been doing, we've, we've launched and I'm going to continue to do is just look around the Um, whether it's within our LGBT community or the broader District 3 community for good news stories and things that neighbors are doing um, because I think that that's enriching and that's uplifting and it maybe even inspires others to really figure out their socially distant safe way to um, stay happy and stay engaged.
0: Awesome. Thank you. You you again hit the nail on the head. We are community um, has had a lot of trauma over the years and um, a lot of issues, and that we've been able to um, meet that challenge, come up with creative solutions, and celebrate in the face of every challenge that we've had. I think uh, we all can be proud about the way that District 3 has responded. So many businesses finding ways to still serve their employees, to still serve their community, um, folks doing delivery services, drag queens, um, you know, okay. having shows that are in our living rooms and riches, providing club music for us to dance to safely in our living rooms. There's been a lot of creativity come forward from uh, our community here in in the heart of San Diego and Heart of Hillcrest and District Three. It's all been great stuff. Um, I think that's all the questions that I have been sent so far. I've got, I've actually got our person, Alex here, uh, able to send questions and and your person, Tyler Renner, um, able to send me questions right here. And at the moment, that is all the questions that I have been sent. So unless Tyler or Alex send me any other questions.
1: Hi, Alex. Hi, Tyler.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think our, our last question to you then was, Do you have any last words or messages for for us at this moment? Um, Anything else that you haven't shared yet that you would like to share with us?
1: Well, um, I'll get to that maybe, but if we have just a bit of a moment, maybe if I can kind of flip the script here. Um, Fern, how are you doing and how is Pride staff doing? Can you maybe use this opportunity to talk to all of us about about your perspectives?
0: Sure. Um, You know, I think we're all hanging in there and adapting the best we can, just like other folks. Um, I have this year would have been my 10th and still will be my 10th pride that I get to put on in a whole new way. I've been here uh, for nine years, um, in May and I've just, in awe of our volunteers and the way that they step up to meet every challenge that comes our way. Uh, we've grown the programs over the last several years. We've expanded to a 365 organization doing year round education and advocacy programs all year round. We are the most philanthropic pride in the world. Um, and we're taking a leadership role with the global pride. It's gonna be happening on June 27th. And you know, don't, don't get me wrong, uh, it's been hard. I, there are people who I have hugged, who uh, you know, a month or six weeks ago, who are no longer alive today because of uh, COVID nineteen. Um, I've had staff members and volunteers who have um, been hospitalized because of uh, COVID nineteen. So the the it you know we've we've cried, we've mourned, we've grieved. Um, it's been really difficult for a lot of us. You know, I've lo- like I said, I've lost people that I've known and loved dearly. Uh, but that said, we are resilient and we're continuing on. Like you said, our, our programs are still going on. I've been able to drop into our youth programs. Um, where our youth are actually meeting more frequently, virtually, and of course our kids are adapting better than um, I think some other <laughs> older of us, um, but you know they're really taking to the technology and there to support each other. Um, I've went and had a uh, virtual happy hour with our Latinx programs. I know our, our women's programs continue to meet. I know our trans scholarships still went out to our trans students. Um, and so, just the resiliency has been heartwarming, and the outpouring of support since Thursday when we had to make that announcement. It's just been overwhelmingly joyful and supportive in the way that our community knows how to be when they're at their best. And, and I couldn't be more grateful for that. Thank oh, you for that.
1: No, that is it, it's heartwarming. And, um, you know, I, uh, of course, it's not surprising that so many people are reaching out with support to Pride because of what you've done for. The community and the institution that you've been for year after year um really keeping us uh connected and keeping us grounded to our spirit um and uh you know uh i know that uh what this year's theme was uh, together we rise together um, we rise. and and we will rise and so the theme is not lost i think on any of us and we gotta make sure that we are figuring out ways to keep ourselves just connected and alive, I, I I think that I would, you know, leave closing thoughts really on that note, um, just supporting each other, keeping the spirit of pride and what that means to all of us, um, guiding us every day, uh, because hopefully that gets us through one day at a time, all of these hardships that we are, are enduring, and, and make no doubt about it, I mean, this is sacrificing, this is unprecedented, we don't know how to process a lot of this, and we will figure it out, um, but is important as frustrating as this is now five or six weeks after shelter-in-place orders um, and and with no concrete light at the end of the tunnel, that there's a, are also some legitimate feelings of stress and cabin fever and and questioning yeah. going on where people want to get out there and relax the rules and and I understand that and we will let science and we will let you know good information be able to guide many of those decisions. Um, It is important that we stay the course on all of our public health oriented social distancing um, and uh, uh, face masks and, of course, washing your hands. Always. Um, We want to make sure that we are totally reducing our Uh, new infections, our impact on hospital resources, and um, monitoring as well, how things are interconnected with other regions so that we don't see a second and possibly more devastating spike Mm. as history has shown us is very well possible here. Um, And so that that is mindful, I think on on all of us. So it's important that we continue to do that. And then finally, uh, always a huge shout out to those working in our hospitals and our grocery stores, our food banks, uh, thank you, Fern, for acknowledging city employees and other essential workers that are serving our community every single day. Um, it's because of them that we can continue to be able to do the essential work that, that, that we all depend on um, and be able to make sure that supply chains and other provisions for keeping ourselves in, um, whole and, and getting ourselves through this you know, are unimpeded. So I'm grateful. Um, I'm really appreciative of all of our neighbors for doing their part.
0: Thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you, Council Member Ward. Uh, we're just so happy that you would share again your valuable time with us today. Um, and your insight and your information. We'll, we'll stay in touch as we always do. Um, ha- happy to have you back anytime as this uh, is our at least temporary new reality. And thank you for folks who joined us today to hear from our council member from District 3, Christopher Ward. Um, we do have upcoming programs uh, scheduled with council member, Dr. Jen Campbell, uh, council president, Georgette Gomez, and I know others are on the way as we continue to adapt this virtual programming. Um, of course, global Pride will be on June 27th. And as our online, uh, or as all of our year-round programs have moved online, you can continue to support those programs uh, with a monthly donation at sdpride.org donate. So again, Christopher, uh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to get to see your face and have a real conversation with you. Warms my heart. Um, I look forward to seeing you again soon in person uh, when it's all safe and healthy to do so. Uh, stay home, stay safe everyone, and together we rise. Have a great one.
1: Bye. Thank you, Fern.
0: Bye.